conversations and to-do lists my podcast with me um your host Fiona Ross and I do just want to say actually before I introduce my incredible guests I've become aware um when I do these podcasts I kind of presume people know who I am that when I'm talking about different things you know what I'm referring to but I've realized which is wonderful that lots of people have been listening who haven't got a clue who I am um and this podcast isn't about me. So as much as I could spend the next hour um, talking about me, I would rather not. But I will just say I'm a musician, I'm a journalist, um, and I um, work in education a little bit. And I'm the founder of an organization called Women in Jazz Media. So I, I wear these many different hats. But what this gives me is this incredible opportunity to speak to and work with so many inspirational people Uh, and I say that a lot and I think part of the purpose of this podcast is to go honestly it's true listen to this incredible person that I spend some time with so do check out all my other uh, websites I'm everywhere but the purpose of this is really really to kind of shine the light on on the incredible people that I'm genuinely fortunate uh, to spend my time with and today is no different um, and I'd like to introduce my incredible guest, Migdalia Vanderhoven. Welcome, Migdalia. Oh, hello, Fee. Such a it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I I must say that you know when you're describing yourself, I should throw in legend as well. <laughs> you know, in there. So <laughs> you're uh, far too kind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, well, I don't want to talk about me. I'm like, well, I do want to talk about Fiona right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, we all the uh, I'm sure not only the uh, female musician community, but like musicians in general, like it must agree with me that you're such a joy to work with. And, you know, you're also so inspirational and we're very grateful for everything you do. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you to say I um I'm not very good at, well, you know, with our business hat on, we have to kind of promote and do all this kind of thing. But with this podcast, I'm joyfully thinking, nope, don't need to talk about me at all. <laughs> and then I got a few messages going, well, who are you? And I, and as I say, oh. I presume people know, and I reference women in jazz media. And I suddenly thought maybe I should say something. But Absolutely. thank you for your wonderful intro. So before we start, and I know many people listening will know exactly who you are. Um, but who are you? How would you describe yourself to someone who doesn't know who you are? Um, so I'm a Mexican drummer. I I always introduce myself as, as a jazz drummer, but mm. you know it's it's such a lie, you know? <laughs> like, especially now because I mean I am everywhere right now. I'm very grateful for that, and I'm not bragging about it. But literally, I am playing every single genre, like every single gig, from the most random, you know, to the most like amazing. So um, yeah, I would just say I'm. I'm a Mexican drummer living in the UK. Um, I have a massive passion for jazz and uh, that I always say that is my main thing. But um, um, yeah, I'm just, you know, <laughs> a drummer. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what? I'm going to add, as you did, legend to that. Because I think when, when I, t- and I do this all the time, when we look at kind of social media and obviously 
you know, I, I always have a particular focus on on women. Um, and when we talk about women on fire, oh my goodness. I mean, you are literally everywhere doing incredible things. And as you say, you've got your theatre work, which we'll talk about. Um, you've got your your own music, which kind of comes under jazz, but you also do a lot of work as a, as a session musician doing many mm. different genres. And let's not forget, and I think it was last year, that you were, you won, you were given the honour of being Mexico Woman of the Year. Yes, yes, that, that was such a surprise. And that was, that was something very meaningful, um, especially in a country that you know, still is um, women, you know, they don't have the same opportunity as men, especially in music. Mm. Like even now that things are changing, that they're not changing down there. And uh, if I would stay there, I wouldn't be a musician at all. You know, I might play drums and all, but I wouldn't have the platform that I have, um, which the, something that I'm very grateful to you because, you know, you helped me out when when I was sort of looking for that um, here in the UK. And um um, yeah, so being recognized and also that sort of led to becoming um, inspirational to many other female musicians down there. And then a community was built and that's how things start. You know, uh, when you see someone else doing things and you say, well, it is actually doable. It is reachable. And why are we not doing it? And then you start applying things or why am I not doing it? And um yeah, that was um, last year, and uh, I flew down there. Uh, they they actually it was it was actually quite nice because they they awarded different women in different um, areas uh, such as business and politics and sciences and, and science and um, there was arts, and I was the only one actually asked to do something during the ceremony, and they asked me to play drums by myself ah. and who was my teacher at the time, a um, percussion teacher. He's a Cuban. So we like literally like just rip it off. It was so good. Um, but then I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, they can be business people and they can be very successful. Great. They can be, you know, into physics and they can discover new things. Great. They can be um, doctors and save people. Great. But we can entertain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot do their skill, you know, on demand, you know, and if they do it, it will be very boring. I'm sorry. You know, so out of like 20 women, I was the only one who could actually do something and entertain people. And it was amazing. They set up like um, a massive stage. They got me like a massive drum kit uh, and all lights and it was live stream and stuff just for me to make noise. You know, it was yeah. it was lovely, like, you know. I bet it was incredible. And I presume your family were there. And I, I know I have seen some pictures, but I presume your family were there. I mean, what a moment to, you know, for your for your family to see you achieving that award. I mean, that must have been quite emotional as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially because um it's so meaningful. And and it was actually in in the school in the university I went, which is um a, a big place and it has a big presence in the country. Um and uh itself. So um there were politicians and, and important people like that and just being able to to say well I left here you know thinking that I would have to do something else other than music I actually studied here something else you know because I couldn't do music and now now I'm, I come back you know um with for an award you know because of music and because of all the obstacles that I had to get through and stuff and and just to say well if I did it you know a lot of people can do it then mm. and you know they 
um, ever since you know they've been trying to promote more things they were asked me to to speak uh, or to just advise in what ways the um, the education can provide more um, musical skills for everyone you know not just for for female musicians so because mm, I mean know, I guess you had kind of two barriers there one the industry in Mexico but also as a female drummer yeah um so yeah so there's two kind of barriers that you overcame there and and as I think you know and and many people that know me I'm a huge believer in if you see it you believe it can happen so that's where something like this is so so significant Uh, and especially for young girls who Mm. uh, perhaps want to become drummers and and I know you work a lot with Hit Like a Girl which is this incredible organization that is very specifically about kind of platforming and encouraging uh, more female drummers because you are still the minority if we look at most events not not even just jazz in in any genre you know women as drummers are still the minority but but I mean how do you find that is that you know do you see it improving? Well, uh, yes, yes and no. I mean, uh, it's a great example. And and now I, I have, you know, something that I can re- relate it to because actually two weeks ago we were at the UK drum show mm. and um, Hit Like a Girl had a, a, a just a, a room for themselves, which is the first time in decades that mm. that happens, you know. And this is because the lineup was like 15 guys and one girl, like yeah. Cindy Blackman. And, you know, they were like, but there's more. And sometimes I I cannot assure you this because I don't know it by fact, but like, I'm, I, I don't think we might even be a minority. It's just that we haven't discovered all these people yet, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. because we balanced it out with all the people that perform, all the uh, female players that perform in at Hit Like a Girl um, room. We balanced the whole lineup easily you know and I'm like why is it so difficult then you know for 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 um the industry to provide that not just as ticking a box but actually saying well these players are the same level you know or they can provide something different you know it's just that it's always it always goes to the easy bits you know oh it's that platforming isn't it and I know I often get asked with my women in jazz media hat on I quite often get emailed um emailed by people going oh yeah we've got this gig coming up or can you recommend some female drummers and drummer seems to be the one that comes up the most Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever been asked about saxophonist for example but Mm -hmm. I often get asked you know do I know any female drummers and I'm like yes um and I have to say it was only actually a few weeks ago someone messaged me and I replied and it was for me it was quite wonderful because I literally just off the top of my head came up with a list I didn't need to think about it you know and I know with the work that I do there's there's lots of women that I know but I I didn't need to think about it it was like yeah female drummers here you go here's and I think I put about 15 in this email and I said if you want more let me know um and it saddens me, I think, sometimes that, as you say, some people are still not aware. It's like mm. they're out there. There are plenty mm. of kind of female drummers out there, but they still need more platforming. But this is where, as I said, the Hit Like a Girl organization and things like you winning the, the Mexico Women of the Year Award, all of this is essential to kind of platforming and making people aware. You know what? Yes, there are female drummers out there. And they're not just female. They're amazing. Yeah, no, I, I was... <laughs> Yeah, like I said, at the UK drum show, I mean, I was like blown away, you know, by everything. It was it was a bit of everything they had. I mean, if you needed a more diverse lineup that what they showed easily, you know, there was no problem contacting people and also working with them, you know, because obviously you're 
hard, judge so harsh and stuff to the point that right now you just like do stuff like this efficiency. Like when I'm in girl bands is boom, everything works. So people are used to that. Just you have to do it. Zero mistakes, you know, and it's just such a joy to work with people like that. And um, um, right now, for instance, if they ask me if I could recommend someone, uh, even if it's not for a girl band or whatever, I would just recommend, you know, female players uh, like immediately because yeah. Um, they they can do the job and they're so easy to work with as well and you know just, just supporting as well but um um yeah it 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 yeah it should something that I've realized as well is that uh it's not just the platform but it's also the support I've been in in gigs where uh I can see the difference of how a guy is treated and how I would be treated and that's from a young age where for instance if they see a bass player people tend to take them under the wing and say, I'll make you a good bass player. But then they see a good female musician or female drummer or whatever. And they immediately think, well, she has no future. She's good, but she has no future because she's going to struggle and stuff and nobody deals with you. And is that motivation of always knowing that, well, I can do this well, but you know, either once I've had kids or something, that's the end of my career. So why even bother? Where, the other person might not be as talented, but that motivation and that, uh, oh, you know what, I'll teach you what you need to know. Oh, you know what, come and I'll give you a seat. Oh, you can sit in, you know, and you can watch the show. That builds confidence, you know, and they can rock up even to make mistakes and stuff, but they have that confidence of like, they're not going to kick me out. You know, I have been mentored and that's something that women don't have. Yeah. You know, and, and it's sad because you just go there expecting to be grilled you know, instead of being supported and just, you know, say, well, I'm human. I do make mistakes, you know, which leads to the point I was saying right now that we rock up and we do efficient job without making mistakes. But that pressure is unnecessary because you also have to enjoy what you're doing without always just being like, you know, paranoid about doing this wrong or whatever, you know. So that is the difference from a very young age of why men end up playing instruments like drums or bass or piano or stuff like that um the the majority of them doing it than women yeah you know because there's not that mentorship there's not that support you know do you still feel that um as a female drummer that and, and and this is kind of long been the case whereas women whatever our role um and this goes back in history we tend to feel that we have to work even harder than than the men because we're we're almost behind. We've already got a barrier just by being female, so that we feel, and especially in a, in an area like you know being a female drummer, um, we have to work even harder because the default position is that you won't be any good because you, you're yeah. a female drummer. So, do you still feel that pressure that kind of you have to work? And, and the thing is, I think what's interesting with you because you're incredible. I mean, you work ridiculously hard. Uh, all the time at anything and you're just that type of person who is always at the top of of their game but is there a a tiny element of that that you feel you have to work even harder because you're trying to prove a point because you're a female drummer if that makes sense yeah all the time Mm. all the time I feel that if something goes wrong even in one song that's the end of it you know I'll get fired Mm. I don't have that uh sort of comfort of saying well you know like it's a rehearsal or whatever like I always have to be and you know I ended up being like that then you know like Mm. that is my that is the way I work now but it comes from somewhere and Mm. you know it does make me feel good because sometimes you know I'm 
I try not to be the weakest link in the in, in link in the room ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be in that position. Um, and it has given me skills where you know I can be so calm in different circumstances and and things like that. But like, it's also that sense of like, wow, you know, I'm here on a Friday night learning all this, and this guy's just gonna rock up and wing it, you know, mm-hmm. and there's no consequence whether if I did that there is a consequence so you know that thing but you know I try just to focus on the things that I'm doing on my own work and my own work ethic and people can see that and that's why I get work because oh, well you are so focused and disciplined and as I say this is the thing and and for people listening do check out uh all of Migdalia's uh, she's all over social media but your portfolio of work is 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 insane and I did want to ask you when we talk about discipline and obviously at the beginning you were saying that you refer to yourself as a jazz drummer but you're not necessarily just a jazz drummer because you now work in musical theatre now I often have discussions with people because my background was actually musical theatre and the difference between the musical theatre industry and the jazz industry is something that fascinates me and and I know that the musicians I work with I mean I I had a gig once and I won't I'm not going to name and shame the venue. Um, but I had a um, a gig and it was supposed to start at eight o'clock. Uh, and I went to the owner, it was about, you know, 10 to, uh, and I said, okay, so, you know, good to start at eight. And she said, well, you know, eight, eight thirty, you know, nine, you know, whenever you want, really. And a little part of me completely freaked out because in the theatre, the curtain goes up at, at whatever the time is or people die. Like mm-hmm. the, the seriousness of yep. kind of timing. And I think it really, and I was giggling with my band and they didn't quite understand. Well, yeah, no, we'll start a bit later. I'm like, no, it says we're going to start at eight. We have to start at eight. Yeah. And it's something I've had to really work on and mm. adjust that kind of absolute discipline and the rules and uh, and all that that comes in the theatre world versus the jazz. And it's not a criticism. They're two very different world, worlds and both have you know wonderful qualities, but they are very different. So how have you found you know, kind of the session musician work, specifically in jazz, compared to you working in the pit in the theatre. I mean, how's that been? Yeah, no, it's crazy. It, like, <laughs> it, it, you describe it perfectly, you know, because it even translates to the music itself. Like, if you don't play it one note, you die. Mm. You know, like, the music cannot be played. And it's like, dude, it was like, you know, a mezzo-piano thing that, you know, like, mm. if I played or not, like, people wouldn't even, you yeah. know, but... It's like you get noted for things like that. Whereas in jazz, you make stuff up and that's it, you know? So, but I think that versatility, you know, is such a nice tool that you can adapt to different things. So, because I'm doing a lot of things at the same time on purpose too, you Mm. know, I can be musical theater drummer and play every single note written, which took me a a while to adapt, but now I think I've got it down. And then... I go and sort of vent mm. in my jazz gigs and do whatever I want and stuff. And it's amazing. And I don't want to lose any of those things. And that's why I do try to keep uh, my options open, uh, open because it's also a skill to be Im- mm. able to improvise and then just jump in, you know, wh- wherever you need and a- adapt to whatever changes. Or if the bass player forgot something, then you can just uh, adapt to that. Whereas if that happens in musical theory, it's like, a massive mistake and you know oh where, what do we do and you sort of adapt but that was like very bad and people didn't even notice you know so is the is and and timings and you know calls and things like that and you know i yeah uh 
I, I, well, there's, there's a phrase. I don't know if it was Miles Davis or um, somebody who said, if you are, um, if you arrive 30 minutes before the gig, you're already late, Yeah. you know? And yeah. yeah, it's something that that's me, you know? So I don't, I always stick to that, but I can adapt to any changes. So yes. if I'm there at eight and it was supposed to start, you know, at nine, but we're starting at nine 30, I don't freak out. You know, I say, well, that's what, but it's I do hard, feel. Though. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. And so I, I still, you know, and I've, I've accepted now in my, in my yeah. age um, that there are some things that are just me, uh, you know, and I, I was trained in the theater at a very young age. So my, my default position is um you we're know, late and people are going to complain and yeah it, it is based in the theater so you know uh, adjusting to the jazz is something that um you know mm. I, I enjoy and as you say it's a challenge so when it comes to improvising because you know I'm a classically trained musician so as you say it's like you play exactly what is on the page yeah. you know and again people will die if you don't I mean I, I, and I know that sounds kind of you know over exaggerated but that's the feeling you get it's like no no this is how strict it is yeah um you know Whereas in jazz, you've got that wonderful freedom. So it, you know, it's very challenging. And in fact, Marley Drummond, who you know uh, as a drummer I work with often, uh, he was doing some theatre. He did the Bob, funny enough, the Bob Marley show. So we've often had chats about the difference between kind of the jazz world um, and the theatre world. Um, so it is fascinating. I don't think it's often discussed, I think, but it's, uh, as yeah, you say, no, it's, it... I mean, they're great skills all around, mm. but they are vastly different. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but tell me, because I, I may be losing track, you were doing the musical six, but you're doing something else now, I think. Yes. So I toured for six for one and a half years and toured internationally, which was amazing. Uh, I think that opened the door to to the West End properly and the musical theater industry. Um, and then I did um, another musical called Cake, um, which was um, just a short run and that might come um, back next year. And um that was sort of pop electronic. So, you know, same thing, like of me always used to play acoustic kits. Then now I'm having to adapt to like uh, electronic and change and patches and stuff like that, which is also quite lovely. You know, like yeah. I, I I enjoyed it a lot and more like forum floor and things. I'm like, OK, here we go. You know, but um, um, it has its challenges. But then when all the sort of swingy things and stuff, very musical theater happens, I'm like, this is my jam, mm -hmm. you know, and and um, yeah, it, it, it's it's so it's so lovely to um, be able to play all those things. And then uh, I am starting a new musical called Billy the Kid um, and uh, is also short run in the West End, but same thing coming back Um and then sort of in between all of that madness, you know, I'm doing like a Western concert and uh, a pantomime and like oh, the pantomime. London Jazz Festival. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that I think that's going to be my favorite ever, you know, like um, so, you know, from I do like I was saying uh, someone. I mean, I'm, I do to, I do funerals. I do weddings, mm. I do bar mitzvahs, I do musical theater, I do West End. I am, you know, winning like uh, <laughs> woman of the year. I'm traveling and touring internationally. So, you know, I, I keep it fresh. <laughs> you do. And as I say, you are, and, and I often say people on fire, but I say you really are just, I mean, just so far that we've talked about the work you've done, but we've not even mentioned your own music. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
because you also uh, have your own albums and you had a new album uh, a little while ago. Could you kind of tell the listeners a little bit about your most recent album? Yeah, absolutely. So it's called Point of Departure and it's uh, it, first, it, it's our first album. We recorded an EP and then we decided to do the full album using all um, the EP songs as well. And that we had the opportunity to record at Abbey Road, which was like lovely. And it came and that's where we decided, okay, we need a full album, you know? So it was a very sort of not rushed, but it was like, okay, we need the music, we need this. And we sort of put it together while I was on tour. My bassist was on tour as well. And it was just madness. We tried to adapt to also Abbey Road is like, well, I was not going to say, well, Monday doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah, it does work okay so um yeah no it, it it was out and yeah uh it it's been great you know it we had listeners from all over the world i i've been at, i was as um from a few radio stations like in spain and places like that where i never thought like my music was gonna mm. um go there so um with all the work that i'm doing as well i i'm i'm trying to keep everything you know like just balanced um, and I always say, yeah, yeah, no, I'll focus more on, on the quartet once I'm off tour and then, you know, another gig comes up and another gig comes up and I'm, it, yeah. so, um, just trying to juggle just like you, you know, like the to-do lists are like sacred, <laughs> you know, at the moment, um, and the diary, um, but we recorded it and then we launched it at Toulouse-Lautrec, which we love Toulouse-Lautrec mm. and, uh, I'm actually gigging tonight, uh, with another band, but, um, oh, at Toulouse-Lautrec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Anisa. And that launch was recorded. And we love what it sounds like. So we are going to, um, we're also going to do an album, a live album uh, from that gig, which is great oh, because fantastic. it's literally the live version of uh, the 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 recorded, uh, the yeah, the recording that we did at, at Abbey Road. So now we have both. And I've been meaning to, set up a date and you know do the whole marketing campaign and stuff like mm. that but you know I'm like I I, I just can't do them so we, we've been holding it on for a while but it's, it sounds amazing and um uh yeah it is it, it gives it a complete different vibe you know like studio versus live album mm. albums are so different and that music is so good live you know so but you know um, what? whether it's studio or live with you what there always is is groove Yes, absolutely. Oh, thanks, <laughs> Fiona. I'll I'll put that in the in the in the cover. You know, like a. a <laughs> but it's true. As, I mean, groove. You know, it's and do uh, anyone listening? And in fact, we have uh, with my women in jazz media hat on, uh, and do check our site because we've got the fantastic Mcdalias playing for some of our events in the London Jazz Festival, and yes. um, we've got some masterclasses which we need to chat about further uh and uh, uh obviously you're playing your music in the evening as well so uh, but do have a look at mcdalia's um site but i did want to ask you because you mentioned about kind of to-do lists and juggling um and your your music you write it with your husband or does he yes. write it all because you've got this great partnership because one of the things i did want to ask you about is how you juggle everything but but let me just leap to the the music to start with so he composes most of the material yeah yeah definitely yeah 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 but you know, I come up with ideas of mm. like, for instance, now that funny that you mentioned the groove because there's a, a, a tune called Groove Therapy and mm. that was all mine. And, you know, I wanted, I said, you know, I want enough of all this, like five, you know, and four and then going to seven and 13 and stuff like, I just want a song that I can groove. Yeah. And then we came up with a song and then he decided to do it in five. And I'm like, 
oh, I just want four groove, yeah. solid, nice, you know, like uh, tasty and stuff. And we are grooving in five. Just to sit okay? in. <laughs> yeah. You just want something to sit in. Yeah. Yeah. So we always, you know, make fun of that because it's one of the hardest songs to play. And I just wanted group therapy. I, I You know, you need a group therapy. Sometimes, you know, just sit and just play and you're like, yeah. I'm like, I, know I cannot what, do that. I know fun. what you mean. And it's funny because I often ask Marley, um, and sometimes when we've got gigs, sorry, Marley, my drummer, um, um, when we've got gigs, I quite often ask, well, what are you, what, yeah, what tracks do you want to play? You know, if, if we're not launching an album and it's just kind of, you know, can put in any, any of the tracks. Uh, and I always ask everybody kind of, well, what, what tracks do you want to play? What are you feeling? And it always fascinates me because obviously I've got lots of different kind of feels and grooves and time signatures in my music, but Marley always likes the simplest. Mm. He likes the ones that he can just, he said, yeah, just sit and just groove. Uh, I mean, he loves all the other stuff, but it always surprises me. And that's with his drummer hat. He said, no, no, no I just want to, I just want to play. I just yeah. want to, I just want to sit in this and just enjoy playing without, you know, some of the complexities sometimes. So yeah, yeah just that simple groove is, um, is essential at times. But yeah, exactly. I, I tell you what I want to ask with your husband, because one of the things that genuinely and I you know I talk about all my guests on this podcast are people that inspire me and I think we've discussed quite a few reasons why Migdalia inspires me but another reason is you have small children Mm. you know Mm. and I my you know I have children but my boys are um, are adults now Um, but you know working as a musician um, and having children is hard (laughs) It is very hard, yeah. (laughs) And I know personally, say without wanting to talk about me, you know, my career, I mean, I had my children when I was very young, but my career um, took a different direction because I couldn't do what I wanted to do with the support and the community I I was going to say had or didn't have uh, around Mm. me was the case. So I I always am so inspired and and, and admire women um, who are out there doing it and have children. So... I mean, you're remind me how old your girls are because you've got two gorgeous girls. Yeah, they're eight and five. Oh, see, they're still yeah. tiny. So, I mean, and, and I guess your husband, being also a musician that works with you as well, has got to help. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how, how do you do it? How are you juggling yeah, no, working I mean, and being a mum? Well, we, we don't have family around either, you mm. know. So, I do have a small community of friends, actually, music musician friends that will look after them when whenever we have a gig and especially because we gig together mm. you know so whenever we have the quartet the, the main priority is like who is going to look after the girls and then we sort out the gig um but like you said it's a partnership where um he takes care of a lot of you know organizing the rehearsals sending the music you know just checking sort of more of an md um had there and I do everything else like promotion and payments and like sorting out the venue and like uh sending all the 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 stuff to everyone and just making sure that everyone and actually playing and leading the gig as well mm. so like and sorting out uh, childcare and all of that stuff but I do have that sort of half that does the other bits um that I just don't I would need another one of me to do mm. it, I mean you know? must so, be shattered and it's not a trick question. I mean, you must be, you know, and I know you and I often message and we're, we're always busy doing things. Yeah. Uh, and, and we joke about taking a holiday or taking a break or, and we always say, oh, we've got to take a breath at some point. But I mean, just life is exhausting. Working as a musician is exhausting. But having kids on top of that as well yeah. at that age, I mean, you must be shattered all the time. Yeah. I mean, um, I think obviously, you know, the physical, um, 
tiredness and all that is you know obvious for anything mm. but when you do what you love like I would do this a hundred times over like being nine to five in an office there's people that enjoy doing that I just can't mm. so to me and because of all the obstacles and uh everything you know that that we've been through you know now having the opportunity to actually live of music is such a privilege mm. you know that I don't take it for granted so I'm inspired myself you know to for instance when I drove and I park in the west end because I have a chair in the west end you know like that mm. to me is just like mind-blowing and it's such a dream that my whole body goes like we're here and it's so exciting and it's so genuine mm. you know that everything else just goes obviously the next day I do feel it you know, but uh, <laughs> you are luckily the, yeah, luckily the girls are at school, you know, and everything. But um, um, that helps a lot. Like when 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 you know they they do other things. But you know, I also look after them and try to inspire them. Um, so for instance, we went to the UK drum show and and I gave a, a talk and everything. But I brought them with me, and one of them got car sick literally ten minutes before I had to talk, and you <laughs> no. know threw up all over. And it was like being a mom and being a drummer and being at this and being at that. And, you know, you just sort it out and you just adapt, you know, and they they're so wonderful that they also adapt to that and they love to see me there. And uh, um, I also get the support from them even when they're young and I'm trying, you know, to sort of um, give them the opportunities and and that space and that mentorship that I lacked, you know. So um, if I'm if I'm practicing myself or anything, you know, I'll just give them the time you want to play a little bit. And I love uh, seeing them do that. So um uh, also spending time with them like for instance if I have a, a theater gig and like six it's wonderful for kids for kids you know mm. there's some bits and things but they wouldn't get you know but <laughs> them coming and then giving them a back uh, backstage tour and then them knowing oh that's my mommy on stage and bringing their friends and stuff it's so nice you know and mm. um, we sort of adapt our outings in things that we also do you know so we just kill like two birds one stone and they're they're in sort of in the in the whole environment uh, of what we do. And I think that's a nice thing, you know, like for them to also enjoy it because it's arts, yeah. you know, like it's so essential for kids. You I, know, on, and... Honestly, I cannot wait to see what they become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we talk about earlier on. We were talking about if you see it, you believe it, and 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 yeah, the importance of role models, uh, and and quite often the best role models are ones that have had struggles and barriers and kind of overcome them. And and I mean, and what an incredible role model you are to your girls. I mean, they're going to be crazy, kind of on fire when they're adults. I mean, could, I, I'm, I, honestly, I'm genuinely excited to see what they become because, um, you know, well, with the upbringing they've had with you, I mean, wow, come on, they're going to be incredible. Do they want to be drummers? Oh, I, I hope yeah. they want to be drummers. <laughs> yeah, the, elder, the both of them, like I, the drum, I have another drum kit set up there permanently in the room and a piano and everything, all the tools there, you know, and I, I'm not pushy in that sense. And it really like, um, you know, makes me happy when I just hear it. You know, and I don't have to ask her anything, you know, so I, I think that giving the tools to a kid, you know, for them to learn music is one of the most wonderful things that you can do mm-hmm. instead of an iPad, instead of any. So, you know, me doing that as a career, you know, like and also doing it for my kids uh, and, and opening doors for them, you know, because the work that you've done has helped me and the work that I'm doing now is going to help them, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just passing it on. And just doing the work and most of them most of that is my inspiration to keep going keep opening that 
for them not to struggle and for them and for the friends and for any other girls that 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 want to do that because the world needs more of that mm. you know um uh, yeah and it is it's quite incredible I, and i often think about this when when people ask me um what inspires me uh, and i think a key driving force for me has always been um my kids because you want to be the best that you can possibly be for them yes um and then that and and it clearly does for you as well drives me to be the best i can possibly be because i would never want to disappoint my kids and I say that they're, they're grown up now but but very much you know i i never wanted to disappoint them um and and although there's pressure with that it does kind of drive you to kind of yeah just be the best that you can possibly be for them so it's this beautiful kind of circle of mm. kind of inspiration which is wonderful and as i say i um i often think about your girls and what an incredible role model they have uh, and as I say, genuinely, if I'm still around I so I cannot wait to see them as adults to see what they see yes they absolutely <laughs> absolutely you'll be around so well um, and I know that we could chat for ages and I, I have one final question but before I um uh, ask you my one final question is there anything any gigs or any events or anything you want to your album anything you particularly want to shout out about for pe- the people listening well, I think the London Jazz Festival, I mean, uh, we're doing the closing night at Toulouse, mm-hmm. the track, and I'm like joined by amazing women, which I, I'm so looking forward to that because I've never done a gig with other people, mm-hmm. you know, especially from women in jazz media. So I think it's going to be epic and I yeah, love yeah. them and I've seen their gigs and stuff and it's they're amazing. So um, it's a it's the full day, full Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's everything that that's my gig, but obviously it's the whole <laughs> <laughs> two weeks you know yeah, and yeah. um uh, so if you guys want to check out that in particular it's november 19th at toulouse Trek, and it starts from two yes um 2 p.m and it's a, a master class um of drum kit but i i might be bringing a, a few guests you know like just to um jam a little bit and just give you know uh, a few tips here and there of, and also explain what i do and you know um especially focus in jazz and then there's the concert, you know, mm-hmm. which you get three for one. I mean, yeah, <laughs> lovely, lovely. And I, I happen to have stolen your bass player. So <laughs> I know that's so funny. <laughs> no, we love, love him. So, <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, we yeah. want people to buy your album. It's on. Is it a physical or just digital? Your, well, we your... have both. Um, okay. so on my website, there's all the details. But um, I mean, if it's easier, you know, it's on. It's on every platform: iTunes, Spotify, Amazon uh what's yeah what's the other um there's Deezer all sorts all the radio everywhere yeah 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 so um so yeah you should check it out do check out all of Medalia's work and say take a breath because to catch up is is, is significant (laughs) you'll find her everywhere um and I'm almost my my final question obviously this is called thoughts conversations and to do this I'm a bit concerned about asking you this very simple question because I think you may react the same as I do um but what is currently on your to-do list? Oh, <laughs> today, all right. Oh man, no, it's we won't we won't finish. Like literally, somebody called me today and said, um, "So um, Pablo from Cafenero and mm. from Talimbank, Ray and uh, oh, we love Talimbank. having yeah, yeah we, we're having a gig uh, at the Crypt in November as well. Uh, if you want to check that one out, she, and he said, "I we we need to rehearse." Um, what are the dates that you have before the 29th of November? And I look at my diary and I told him, none. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, 
but there's always a but, you know. Mm. I can make space, like maybe this two place, <laughs> you know, and he's like, okay. And he just laughed, you know, he's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but I love what I do. And to mm. me, seeing my calendar like that, you know, after like all the years, you know, of like having to do something else and stuff is like, you know, so grateful. And uh, it just, it, I say, you know, I'm I'm free next week, but I might not be, you know, so, <laughs> and I guess it's the same with you, you know, like, uh, you know, the phone is, is always, are you up for this? Are you up for that? Are you up for that? And, you know, it's just, don't get me wrong. It's very important to think, to take breaks yes. and it is happening. And, you know, like I had last week, you know, this week, actually, that's why it was so easy to sort it out. Mm. Most of the, most of the week I I had nothing and I just laid in bed you know mm. um, I was gonna say what what do you do to chill out so when you do on those very rare occasions when you can take a breath what do you do what's your what do you do to relax I watch Netflix and ah. I listen to music you okay. know yeah 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 so and I sometimes I go for walks and that's when my kids are at school and then once they come back you know we watch movies together I take them to you know Costa mm. or something like that you know mm. uh, to the mall um so yeah I, I'm very simple very simple, mm. something that doesn't require any effort, you know. Yes, um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I try to, to chill like that. Amazing. And uh, yeah, just like you, it here it never stops, you know, like it. my, my brain just keeps going, going. So it's, it's hard to disconnect sometimes, but I just try like physically at least, you know, to just, you know, relax. Yeah. So, sorry, we slightly digressed. What else is on your to-do list? Can you, can you give me, I don't know, one, give me a couple of things that today you've actually got to do? That's okay, well, to do. I have a gig uh, later today. Uh, I had this with you. I need to take my kids to Smiggles because Smiggles? I promised them. What Smiggles? <laughs> Smiggles is something that will make your bank account suffer. Uh. Okay, so <laughs> it is sort of like a stationary shop, which is so nice. That I love stationary. I love, yeah, I, you know. It's gorgeous, but it's so expensive that every okay. time we go, it's like. So anyway, I promised them that because they did very well at school. And uh, so I'm going to take them to the mall quickly. And then obviously we're going to have food. And then I have to be at Toulouse-Lautrec at six, which I'm so looking forward to because not only is great music, but it's great food. I mean, every time I go there, it's just like. The food is great there. Yeah. 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 I'm like, sort out the food and then we'll sort, sort out the invoice later. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much. And so I know I could talk to you for hours, um, but um, I should probably stop. So um, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast. For people listening, please do check out. You'll find all the links. Um, but please do check out all of Migdalia's incredible work. And keep an eye out for her kids because in, I don't know, <laughs> 10 15 years time yeah. they will also be uh, on fire um so thank you so much for joining me oh thank you for having me Fee. like it's uh, yeah as i said it's always such a joy to to talk to you yeah. my pleasure I'm just going through my to-do list.